Hey y'all, you're here with the Entro King Paul, you're listening to Big Facts No Cap, the only show that's number one with John Quinones and everybody who enjoyed those memes featuring the Mignonos. Let's get into it. Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap What if God was one of us? Just a host like one of us. Just a podcaster on the bus. Uh, you know that was one of Phil's stand-up jokes, right? Is like in the middle of his set, he would just be like, "Hey, what if God was one of us?" <laughs> no, I <laughs> and just move that. on to his next joke. <laughs> I think uh, we can start off with uh, Phil's joke corner because uh, another joke that I love that never really got a lot of love on stage was uh, Statue of Liberty. Girl, aren't your arms tired? <laughs> <laughs> yes, cleaning the Statue of Liberty is a good joke. <laughs> I guess, I don't know, there's an audience for it. It's like Harris Whittles' uh, joke that's just uh, wheat thins. Call me when they're wheat thicks. Give me that wheat. <laughs> What's going on with you, Paul? How you doing? You look, uh, you look so refreshed, renewed. Oh, really? Reinvigorated. I feel the opposite, man. It's been a tough week. I feel like I've had headaches all day and been exhausted and catching up on sleep. But I'm glad I look good. You look great, baby. Ah, thank you. Mm -hmm. You're mostly casting yourself in shadows. You really have like a backlighting situation going on. I think this might be time for you to rearrange your room and put your light somewhere where uh, where it can illuminate you. I'll open the blinds more if you need me to. Uh, I got, I got really tan from being on the river. I'm actually really, I'm really digging it. Oh, oh no, you're not just in shadow. I'm just being racist. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no, it's fine. You can do that with Latino people. My mom does that to my dad all the time, which whenever he gets like really dark during the summer, she like, I don't know if this could go on pod. She'll make a joke about like him coming into the house and be like, oh no, we're getting robbed. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know what's really funny is um i guess it's like a new york thing where like because it's specifically like the amount of people that are immigrants there in proportion to other things like uh everybody hates chris uh whenever he finds the dog that only knows spanish commands he doesn't say like it's a spanish dog or a mexican dog he specifically calls it oh it's a puerto rican dog <laughs> and i was like <laughs> that's like, i was like i guess demographically that's more of what's in new york but that's just so funny that that's like the specific association you have with like if there's a latino person it must be a puerto rican <laughs> yeah yeah i feel like that is true for new york though i mean i i saw two comedy shows while i was there over the weekend and one of them that was oh they're gonna be like there was way too many puerto ricans <laughs> <laughs> Adrian, now let me tell you, buddy. I was a Lin Manuel Miranda after Lin Manuel Miranda. It was exhausting. No, 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 not at all. It was um. Uh, hey, papi, people are trying to sleep in here. <laughs> I I did get that shouted at me all the time. Um, Quiet down, Miss Martinez. <laughs> Yeah, because, like, in California, everyone just assumes Mexican, because, you know, obviously that's way more of, like, what the proportions are. Although, I've heard people reference Guatemalans. I think when you get a really, like, race-oriented mind, <laughs> so either yeah. a racist or a really socially progressive person, <laughs> the two <laughs> yeah, spectrums yeah. where they really care about the distinction. 
<laughs> Paul, did you just watch that video about how uh, SJWs and racists are really the same? <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Ben Shapiro, and it turns out I the a left... a lot of conservative comedy. It's all really good. Turns out the left is the real racist. <laughs> mm. Other thing, I uh, the other comedy show I went to, a classic comedy seller, dude, Ray Romano oh. came out. Holy shit, bro. And you want to know who he bumped, what a benefit it was? He bumped Colin Quinn. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> it was such a win. <laughs> It was just Damn, about the like best that, uh... sub you could get at a comedy show. Ian Fidance opened up, fucking legend. Love that, uh, love that man. Great mm. comedian. Um, he was well. He didn't open. He was the uh, host of the show, and he was a great mm. host. Like I did. I I don't know. I guess I just didn't realize how like talented he was as a showman from his internet presence. As a showman. As a showman. <laughs> like <laughs> Hollywood. <In> Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I. That's funny to me because like. We could almost do a third segment where if you give me two people and tell me who bumped who, for old comedians like that, I'm not sure which one has more star power. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know if that equation works in my head, but I guess I kind of underestimate Ray Romano since I didn't watch his show. Oh, Ray Romano is massive, man. Are you kidding me? And Colin Quinn kind of sucks. <laughs> but yeah, uh, other than that, New York was pretty cool. Ray Romano was the highlight. He had... Yeah, it was a little bit raunchier on stage than I expected. Ooh, okay, okay. Not, at no point did he go, Deborah. <laughs> that is such a... I'm sad you didn't watch the show because you would be roasting me for how bad that impression is. <laughs> <laughs> well, he kind of sounds like Kermit the Frog, right? Isn't that what you should be going for? That's cool, though. So yeah, a, a fun trip overall. I know that you get some really... You get a real good slice of New York pizza pie. Oh, boy. No, not really. All right, Adrian, we've talked about me enough. What's going on with you? What's going on with me? Uh, I'm, I'm wrapping up my experiment, so that's cool. Finished one yesterday. Going to finish with the next one and the last one in like the next six days. Kids are back on campus. Let me tell you what. They're fucking everywhere. Oof. Oh, well, why not in yeah. their dorms? Uh, No, they're they're all out and about. Just a bunch of lawyers over there? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, they're not fucking everywhere. Okay. No, gotta... that's very funny, though, because <laughs> based on how you read that <laughs> sentence... You could have you could have thought that's what I was saying. Um, yeah, dude, I went to go play pool and uh, do some bowling at the uh, student union, which we go there because there's not a lot of good places to do it. That looks like an actual bar, like and it's really nice and cheap for students. Uh, but God, just crawling with undergrads now. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to be one of those people who tries to find the bright side of the pandemic because it also just happens during summer as well. But man, already missing the days of when all the undergrads are gone. Yeah, if only Davis undergrads were a little bit more anti-vax, we could really uh, thin out that population. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Cool, cool, cool. What's the theme? What are we talking about? We're talking about what would you do with... What would you do? With John Quinonos. How are we feeling about that pronunciation? Are we sure that's correct? Probably not. I haven't heard it in a really long time, so I have no idea. With Juan Quinonos. Is, it a, what, is he Filipino? What is he? I don't know. I think he's like that uh, 30 Rock thing about like a being of like ambiguous. Ethnically ambiguous. <laughs> ethnically ambiguous. Mm. I think it really benefits him so he can do all the like he can do all the pranks. Oh, that makes sense. You know, he can do he can the do pranks a, with the black people. He can do a Fred Armisen where he can play Obama and he can play like a Venezuelan dictator and he can play a white guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think in retrospect, it's so funny that the only people who do what would you do nowadays are YouTube pranksters. It mm. has become abundantly clear how degrading and shitty that that sort of content is. It only appeals to children and cruel people. 
What would you do in the hood? <laughs> um, so for those of you that don't know, this has been a long-standing uh this has been a long-standing beef of mine. This has been a mm-hmm. long-standing Paul beef with the show What Would You Do with John Quinones. Is this a celeb enemy or is this just a whole separate thing? No, this is a whole separate thing because I don't really care about him specifically. I think the show I was about to say, so if you saw him on the streets, he wouldn't be catching your hands. Nah, 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 nah. I think I would. I think I'd still be a little starstruck somehow. I, I still. I think John Kidiotis would still get a little bit of respect just for being <laughs> the household name that he is. Yeah, I think he's. It's not like Jonah Hill where I dislike his personality in some sort of fundamental way. I'm sure he's a good mm-hmm. man about town, but the show, the show, the show is trash, degrading yeah. trash. It makes society works worse it makes all of us poorer spiritually that it exists and that we allow it to exist in our society the premise of the show is that they set up a scenario with actors where it'll be like any sort of public scenario where with like some sort of varying degrees of severity (laughs) varying it is a wide swath (laughs) imagine anything ripped from the headlines that's like literally not a vi- well, no, I was going to say not a violent crime, but they definitely do violent crimes. Um, that's not like a literal murder or something where you, one person wouldn't be allowed to do it to another. And they will set up that situation in public and see how people react. Okay, you might be thinking, all well, all's well and good, Paul. Like, what's the big problem about... That's just a cool social experiment. I've seen it on YouTube. But they have the audacity... To after they do that, pretend that they're doing that they're doing a benefit to society. That this is a service to show people what people how people really react in these situations. Mm-hmm. Instead of acknowledging that they're exploiters and shitty people like YouTube pranksters do, John Quinones comes out and he cries and hugs the people who reacted in certain ways, and they all like you know agree that they learned some important lesson by seeing this thing happen which so, the lesson is always you should intervene in everybody's shit all the time <laughs> yeah the lesson is always that if you if you don't mind your own business you're a bad person or if you mind your own business you're a bad person and if you care in every situation and start yelling at people in public you're a good if person. you don't yell at a kid because he won't look up from his video game tablet to listen to his parents an actual episode <laughs> then you are a bad person <laughs> and, and like adrian and you get to pat yourself on the back during the post interview where jonathan quinones is just like well what made you uh intervene in this situation well i someone had to <laughs> who's who was gonna get that kid to listen to his parents <laughs> and like adrian said the severity really differs like he just mentioned one of the less severe ones all the way up to like they'll literally just have like a boyfriend like beating the shit out of his yeah. girlfriend in a park and they'll be like what would you do with it's just like what do you what are you fucking talking about i would call the police (laughs) isn't that like one of the tropes of the show that they always say that like we let local authorities know that this is happening and not to respond to calls or something like that they do do that (laughs) they also they do remixes so what i just said about like oh somebody's Mm -hmm. beating up their girlfriend that's like that was probably episode one you know i've never actually seen that because that's too boring for the typical what would you do with john quinones episode the typical episode is way more like esoteric and random happening that you wouldn't think needed to be brought to light things like mm-hmm. what would you do if uh if a dwarf at a at an ice cream shop shop was being refused service and mocked by the employee that's more like typically in line mm-hmm. it'll just be like 
you know, dwarf as in like a little person walking into an ice cream shop and asking for vanilla and they'll he'll be an actor and they'll have hired some like little punk face team to be the clerk at the store and he'll just be like i ain't gonna give ice cream to no dwarf fuck you dwarf and start throwing ice cream at him and it's just like <laughs> the stupidest bullshit it's, and it's, a, it's like, a show that jumped the shark immediately yeah. upon entry <laughs> and um sometimes they do a premise and then they do the remix to it immediately like they'll do what would you do if you saw somebody stealing a bike and then, then immediately mm-hmm. it'll be, well, that guy was white. What would you do if you saw a black man stealing a bike? And then mm-hmm. they'll do that one. And then it'll immediately be, what would you do if you saw somebody dressed like the black man we put earlier but was white again? Because the black man That's they put out there. Measure. <laughs> <laughs> because the black man they put out there, they dressed in in big gym shorts in a, like, in a flat brim. So then they go back and put a white dude out there. And they're like, there. what would you do if Justin Trudeau in blackface was stealing a bike? <laughs> So anyway, that's my breakdown of what would you do with they, John They Trudeau. do love doing that. Like, there's the other one where it's like, uh, uh, I remember the scenario is weirdly out in public. It's a guy, like, uh, tied up on a pole getting hazed by, like, a fraternity thing, like, for a hazing thing. And then it was like, what if it was sorority girls? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, hmm, I wonder if there's a bias in society. <laughs> I remember one episode was just like they had they had a homeless guy and they had three teens mocking him. The three teens were just like, ha you're homeless. What would you do for a dollar, you dirty old homeless man? Would you eat poo-poo for a dollar? And that was just like <laughs> what they were shouting at the guy. And man, let me tell you, Paul has wanted to be an actor on that show for so long just to be paid <laughs> to let loose a little bit. <laughs> that would be incredible. What would you do if you're looking for actors? Hit me up. The ones that really get me more than anything are the ones where they show abusive situations because that seems like actually just so emotionally traumatic potentially for people in the Dude, audience. Yeah, that that's one of those things that yeah. Like you show uh you show like a foster mom. I remember one episode it was like a foster mom with two of her foster with a foster kid and her biological kid and that they made it real obvious which one was the foster kid because they were black and her biological kid was white. And she was taking him out to a restaurant and refusing to let the black kid eat. Mm. And I was just like, what the fuck? You can't do that to random people. Like, you can't make them see that situation and have to, like, come to terms with how they're going to react and how to handle it. That's, like, actually, I don't know. Traumatic might be a heavy word, but that's just kind of cruel to, like, take some sort of enjoyment from doing that to people. Pretty fucked up. Yeah, kind of fucked up shit. And then John Quinones has the balls to come out and pretend he's doing a service at the end he's got the gumption to come out and pretend like my god i guess one last random question but was jonathan quinones what was what what, what were his qualifications i assume he like really stepped up in a racist situation once Mm. they're like give him a show (laughs) i assume they to find the host of the show they set up a situation where they called in everybody for the uh for the auditions and at the audition for the show one of the casting directors came out into the audition room and pointed at a black man and was like, you better get out of here. No way we would hire a black man to host this show. And the only person who stood up and went, you can't talk to him like that, was John Quinones. Or my name isn't Jonathan (laughs) (laughs) Quinones. And they're like, you're hired. (laughs) Cool. So we're going to do some articles based on that theme. Um, I don't know if it's really a topic that we can talk about besides the TV show, because I mean, almost every advice column is kind of what would you do in a way yeah it is yeah and i don't know if i have stories about 
I mean, I guess if you have any stories about my article specifically about being tested by someone in like a horrible, you shouldn't treat people that kind of way type thing. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever put me through a test. I don't know if this fits into the what would you do thing, but I remember being called out once. I was um it's a very specific scenario. I was doing an after school program for kids. I was with my my group of outreach scientists. Um, as part of the thank you for coming out to do that, they gave us like a five dollar voucher for the food truck that they had for like families to come to this event and uh, you know eat, hang out with the kids, and learn about science. And uh, with the food voucher, I combined it with another person, and we split like a bigger meal instead of each getting like a smaller thing. And so we're sharing a plate. And at one point, there's like one bite of mac and cheese left. And I'm just like leaving it there for the other person. And eventually she's just like, you don't have you don't you can eat the last piece. You don't have to wait for me to eat it. <laughs> You're like, go ahead, child. I mean, but wasn't she kind of doing the same thing that it was a Mexican standoff? She just got eventually she just decided to verbalize from, it. Maybe she's from North Carolina. I don't know. I think we both have Southern roots. <laughs> um, I just love how obviously she pointed it out. We're like, it was obvious that I wanted the last bite of mac and cheese or whatever it was. <laughs> Charlie literally refused to split meals with me today because he was like, I know you're going to eat all the barbecue pork before I get any. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie, you were right. Adrian's a piece of shit. Good call well, on that one. It's because I was telling him about how the last time I went there, I went with our little undergrad and we'd split a meal. We split two meals like, you know, to get more food. And we got Peking duck as one of the things. And he took one bite and forgot that he doesn't like duck because it's too, like, fattier for him or something. And so I just got all of it to myself. And I was like, it was a great day. And then, yeah, that like later then we were, like, trying to figure out what to order. And I was like, if you want to split plates. And he was like, no, no, no. I know you're going to go for all my pork first. <laughs> Adrian, and you're going to find out the one ingredient that Charlie doesn't like and put it all over it. And you're going to be like, can we get the can we get the pulled barbecue pork with, like, a lot of black olives just, like, mixed in there? <laughs> that sounds disgusting. I hate all this. You want to jump into these articles? Um, well, let me ask you a question. So the scenario is you're a podcast host, and typically uh, you guys have to decide who's going to go first or second. Um, and, and so you're making that decision with your podcast host. What would you do? I would say, damn, that's a clever bit you just pulled right there. You deserve to go where whichever position you want to this episode. Whatever position? Whatever position. Uh, let me go refill my drink and I'm good to go second. Cool, cool, cool. Okie dokie, Adrian. So we're bringing in the number one paper of record in the United States, Adrian. We're bringing in the New York Times. Or, as I like to say, the New York Crimes. I say that every time Charlie brings up the New York Times. And he's like, you say that every time I bring up the New York Times. And Charlie, Adrian's gonna keep saying it. It's a good point about how shitty they are. All I'm saying is... I didn't in I, I didn't report about WMDs in Iraq. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> this is a guest essay column of Race Matters. And it this one is is answered by Janie Desmond Harris. So I'll just go ahead and jump into the question. Mm-hmm. On several occasions, I've been at a bar or party with an Asian American friend. When, and when my friend is getting a drink or off to the bathroom, a man, it's always a man, will ask me, where is she from? Or what type of Asian is she? I usually try to deflect the former question with, she's from hometown. And with the latter, I'll pretend not to know or ask, why does it matter? They either roll their eyes or ask again another way. I really don't know how to deal with this situation productively as an ally. I usually don't mention it to my friend, both because I feel it's my responsibility to deal with it and because we'll probably never see the offending person again. 
I don't even really know if it's something that would upset her, but I know nobody's ever waiting for me to walk away so that they could ask my friend what kind of white I am. How should I handle these sorts of perpetual foreigner questions? Should I tell my friend when it happens? Sounds like she's a little bit jealous in that, like, next to last sentence. (laughs) No one ever wants to hear about how I'm 13% English and 76% Irish. (laughs) Um... Pretty gross, though. I guess. Where does this person... Does where, where, where does this person live? Like, where is this happening? <laughs> you think so? Not not in her head, because that was going to be my my assumption. Was, okay, I was going to say, I feel like this person is making up a situation where they get to be a hero. This is a white person who wants mm. to be an ally, so they're making up a situation where they get to be an How often would people really ask what type of Asian your friend is? I've had a lot of Asian friends. I've had a lot of, like, Mexican friends. I've had... A lot of friends from all over the world. A lot of Indian friends. Well, who's the performative ally I, now? I am a performative ally. That's very true. <laughs> I've had friends who are all sorts of different colors. I've never been asked on their behalf. Purple, yellow, green. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been asked on somebody else's behalf where they're from. I think I have, probably. Not in the way that this very much seems like, which is like an Asian fetish type thing. I think that's what makes it gross for me. Oh, you think these but guys are like, had like these? These guys are attracted to her, but they're like, "What if she's, what if she's Korean and not Chinese? Disgusting! I would never be." Actually, yeah, kind of. I think that's what it really? is. Like, it's a bunch of weeb dudes who are like, "I hope she's Japanese and not like something else." Interesting. I don't know. I, you know, I guess I don't know how hard it is to be a woman out here. That's true. Okay, okay, so you're on the side of this is real. If it is real, yeah, yeah, I guess this is, like, shitty and you gotta stop it. You really think this person's just making this up? I really do. It seems like it to me, but you're right, maybe the gender... A- I was thinking of it through my own lens and my own experience of this doesn't seem like a realistic thing to happen, but you're right, I, I don't know what it's like to be two women at a bar that is separate mm. from mm-hmm. my experience. How do you feel about people who... When when they are, uh, so not the white person, but if the Asian person was asked. Oh, I've been called out for this before. You want to hear my story where I, I oh. racistly asked uh, somebody's. Well, I was going to ask how you felt about people who give aggressive answers to that. Um, Here's my, uh, well, it wasn't about, I didn't ask them where they were from. I remember I, I had a Pakistani uh, friend I worked with. And we were, like, sharing stories about the last time. Uh, oh, sorry. I had an American friend I worked with whose parents were Pakistani. <laughs> I already started mm. off the story badly. Um, and we were telling stories about, um, about the last time we'd been back to our parents' homes or where our parents were born. Um, this is interesting. And so I was talking about Lebanon. He was talking about Pakistan. Um, and then at one point I went, Oh, so when was the last time you went home then? Meaning like, I would have interpreted that when I was talking about Lebanon, if somebody had asked me that, I would have been like, oh, your parents' home or your, like, uh, your family home. Mm-hmm. And he went, my home is New Jersey. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then, well, then when was the last time you went to New Jersey is the question. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, because he w- we were talking about, I was talking about going back to Lebanon, and he'd been talking about what it was like to visit Pakistan. So it was mm. clear I was asking about Pakistan. Um and then we just went, sat, and had our lunch in silence after that. <laughs> Weird. So he just really identifies as American really hard? He just identifies as American. He, well, that's the thing. I couldn't tell if I had been problematic or not. I was, like, thinking about it. I was like, I, you know, I, no, I wouldn't that take like that badly. that sounds like he's kind of the weird one. Yeah. He was also, 
kind of like a sexist person and would like constantly say misogynistic things so i'm not like too sad about hurting his feelings yeah yeah that's kind of the thing i was talking about is like because one of the things that she says is of like uh where is she from she's from whatever hometown it's like getting into that territory of like the aziz and sorry like i'm from my mother's womb or whatever or like you know i'm from south carolina you know oh yeah people what, if people sense that i'm foreign and they ask me i'm usually pretty happy to tell them because i i don't know it doesn't bother me but i know it's a really big touchstone for a lot of people yeah i understand that a lot people. of people are upset by how people ask it but i'm never actually upset about answering the question yeah yeah Meaning, I it, it, it's such a like NPR story of being foreign-born trauma that I just don't like really resonate with. Like, although there is the thing about like I remember I wasn't even being purposefully obtuse. I was just answering the questions as they came to me. So like this has happened to me before, where my roommate's mom was in the living room and she was asking me like I was wearing a shirt with a honeybee on it that said like Kona Hawaii because it was a like a queen breeding company in hawaii mm-hmm. so she asked if i was hawaiian i was like no and she's like oh so wait where are you from and i was like oh, i'm from south carolina and she was like oh but like what's your nationality and i was like oh i'm american like she literally went through all of the wrong ways to ask the question <laughs> for her to finally like be able to be like she's already told me you're guatemalan i was just trying to get you to say that. <laughs> she didn't say that directly but that's essentially what she was saying wait she's already <laughs> why did she want to get you to say it what a fun power move <laughs> uh, yeah because i realized now that the hawaiian shirt thing was the first time she visited the second time was when she had adopted a Guatemalan daughter or something like that. Or maybe her friends had, so she wanted to talk to me about that. And so she was trying to get me to say that I was Guatemalan, but she was asking all of the wrong questions. <laughs> and I was just answering them like, you know, what's your nationality? I'm American. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I just thought that was so funny, yeah. Uh, and it clearly made her uncomfortable, and I don't know, man. I don't know why people can't just, like, ask those questions correctly. Um, What would be the correct way? Yeah, where are your parents from? Or, like, mm-hmm. what's your ethnic background i guess or usually like uh how are you how are you doing on the one drop rule it's <laughs> <laughs> usually how i ask <laughs> do we answer this question yeah what, what 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 should she do what would you do what would i do um okay well you already said what you would do i think we're cutting out what you would do <laughs> what would i do i would i would sl- i would eyes clenched beer in hand right slam my fist down against the bar you goddamn racist and i mean i assume at that point they're walking away that's good i would go the opposite direction i would be like she's asian (laughs) (laughs) and then like just to get them to go away and then really loudly when she comes back from the bathroom you're fucking asian bro (laughs) (laughs) what i would do is i would go she that's a dude. <laughs> Is that one okay? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's okay, right? Anybody can have any pronouns. You're fine. Okay. You're just correcting right. them on their pronouns. Okay. All right. You're just correcting them on his pronouns. Mm. All right. You want to get into this answer? It looks long. Big yikes. Hebby. I really like how you're thinking about your friend's experience being on the receiving end of this kind of interest instead of obsessing over what these men are doing, how they're feeling, and why. But it's worth making explicit, though it is implied in your question, that these men are probably, at least to some extent, fetishizing your friend's ethnicity. I discussed this situation with Robin Zhang, an assistant professor of philosophy at Yale and U.S. College in Singapore, who wrote Why Yellow Fever Isn't Flattering, A Case Against Racial Fetishes. 
While she noted there's a possibility that what you're hearing from them is sincere curiosity combined with a general discomfort around race, it's more likely a manifestation of yellow fever, which is a racial fetish that involves the preference for Asians, especially women. Why is that a bad thing? Well, a racial fetish is different from and more harmful than simply a dating preference, and it has to do with the effect on the person who's being lusted after because of their ethnicity. In my view, there are two things that mark a racial fetish, Dr. Zhang said. It makes its targets feel depersonalized and like they're not being treated in a way that respects who they are as individuals, and it serves to solidify and reify racial categories in a racial taxonomy, which is inevitably a hierarchy, sending the message that some people, because of their race, are somehow different. I want to point out that this definition focuses on the impact on the target of this behavior. As Dr. Zhang told me, if we are trying to communicate with people on why it's problematic, it's more effective to focus on the effects of the targets because then you don't get mired in those interminable arguments about what's going on in someone's head. Is it just that the guy loves Japanese culture? Was his first girlfriend Vietnamese? We don't care. (laughs) That should inform what you do about it. Sometimes, Not when you're in the middle of a fun night out. Reminding someone that people are looking at her and seeing only her ethnicity can be a buzzkill. Find out how your friend sees these kinds of questions. Don't make any assumptions. Don't let your eagerness to be a good ally make you skip the step of finding out how your friend feels, Dr. Zhang said. Also, remember that she has been Asian long enough to make it to drinking age, so it's very unlikely that any of this is new to her. Don't act as if you're breaking news when you share what's been happening. Also, Don't assume your friend has a negative reaction to this kind of interest. Dr. Zhang reminded me that in some cases, people are actually okay with being fetishized because of a sense that if it didn't happen, they would be excluded altogether. It could be she's totally disgusted by the way these men are asking about her background, or it may be that she's dated people with a similar fascination with her ethnicity, and it's felt okay to her. Or maybe she doesn't care either way. You won't know until you ask her. Assuming her response isn't along the lines of, of, next time it happens, tell him I'm Korean and give him my number, and she doesn't find it flattering or acceptable, ask her if a response like, my friend doesn't like it when guys fixate on her ethnicity, so I'm not going to talk about it with you, would be good. This is more effective than throwing the guys off by providing the name of her hometown. Although, I have to admit that I like how clever that is and how it probably flusters them. Is that clever? Just side note, isn't that the jokey answer everybody, like, knows from childhood? Uh, because that would suggest to the guy that he's simply asking the question in a wrong way. I thought it was really clever that one time, Paul, when I asked you what's up and you said the sky. (laughs) Dude, Adrian, don't even get me started on that time you told me gullible was written on the ceiling. Dr. Zhang pointed out that there's been a lot of consciousness raising in recent years around microaggressions, like asking people of color, where are you really from? But it doesn't really fix things if people only understand that it's problematic at the level of etiquette or proper wording. So the guy could walk away thinking he simply expressed his sincere interest in the wrong way, when in reality his whole approach is contributing to a set of stereotypes that perpetuate racism. I think that's all you need to be a good ally in this situation. You astutely said that nobody's ever asking you what kind of white person you are, but it seems clear that one part of that answer would be the kind who's a good friend. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... Uh, Anything else about that answer? (laughs) I thought it was a good answer, but damn. It was, uh... I just didn't like that ending line. Yeah, no, that ending line was corny. Um, yeah, it was a good answer. Uh, Dr. J... Honestly, are are we a little bit, like... How is the... How is the answerer of this call, um... 
getting any credit for being published in the New York Times. They should just be Dr. Zhang. I feel like the real racism here is this person stealing That's Dr. True. Zhang's work and just That's basically true. publishing it as their answer. Mm-hmm. Get Dr. Zhang a column. Was there anything you wanted to say about uh, if Dr. Zhang was missing elements to the question from your original interpretation or... Oh, well, Dr. Zhang was completely on the opposite end of me. Well, but she studies uh, racial fetishization. So obviously, you know, like you study it, you're going to see it everywhere. Mm. Um, I think somebody who fetishizes Asians, I just really don't know why they would care what specific type of Asian somebody was. I think this might just be foot and mouth people, but I don't, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people do care about the difference. Fetishists Mm -hmm. do care about the difference between, you know, like Vietnamese and giant in like southern southern chinese cool 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 you want to jump into your column sure let's jump on in splishity splash splish splash with the fish smash so this is dear prudence you know it you love it we're getting to it no orientation needed here uh this question is called help my ex dumped me because i failed her utterly bizarre test mm-hmm. what would you do question Nothing has changed, but five years ago, I broke up with Amy because she couldn't have children. I felt awful about it, but having a family had always been important to me, and she wasn't interested in adoption or surrogacy right from the start. We just couldn't imagine a future where we were happy. Then, about a week before shelter-in-place order started, I ran into Amy at a farmer's market. She was six months pregnant. We talked for a while, I congratulated her, and she asked if I was a dad yet. When she found out I wasn't, she said that this baby could have been mine if I'd passed her test. According to Amy, she's never been told that she's actually infertile. She wanted to see if I loved her enough to give up on being a dad, so she lied for over four months until we broke up. I can't get over it. I don't know if it's because I'm stuck inside on my own or what, but it just eats at me. It's not the what if of it all. I'm just angry and frustrated. The fact that I felt guilty for years because of a lie makes me feel like I'm an idiot. The fact that she came up with this out of nowhere makes me feel like I never knew her. Who does something like that? Maybe if I talk it out with someone, it would be better, but it doesn't really seem like a phone conversation. Plus, my brother's a doctor and my parents are both at risk, so they have plenty of stress without me getting into five-year-old trauma. Heck, it might help just to go to the bar and hang out with some friends. I mean, I'd finally have something to add to the weird ex conversations. Except she doesn't seem to be one. She got a job, she has a husband, and it's just one pretty strange thing. Parentheses, also, I can't go anywhere. This was a really weird thing to do, right? How do I stop chewing on something like this? Paul, what would you do? Well, I mean, we know what he did, which was say, I want to be a dad and peace out of that relationship. But what if your girlfriend was black? Ooh, then you're right. It's worth it. Mm -hmm. I stay with them. I'm a good, loyal boyfriend to our black queens. (laughs) Then I would say, well, I'm glad we're not having children because I don't want to contribute to the white genocide. (laughs) (laughs) You're not even white. (laughs) No, in this scenario, I'm white. Oh, okay. What would you do, <laughs> what would you do if you were white? <laughs> <With John-Kiyota>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I gotta agree with that man. If I really wanted kids, I guess that is a deal breaker, but I don't really want kids, so. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I do, but I also don't want to bring kids into a world with climate change, so I guess I'd be like, you know what, fair enough. So I already told you what I would do if she gave me the hypothetical, which she gave him, his what would you do? But now we're pretending that it's years later and I see her pregnant and she tells me that it was all a test. I would say, 
I would say, damn, I passed that test because you, you fugly now. You, you look, I don't even, I wouldn't have even wanted to be with you. Damn, mm-hmm. you, you, you was like, now I'm like, she's not here. She lives in Canada, but like, she's my current friend right now. She's like way hotter than you. It's like crazy. Mm-hmm. Like looking back, I'm like, damn, you were nothing. And then I run away. that's pretty cool and then i it's a turn heel 180 and i run the opposite direction full speed full speed (laughs) okay cool i like that i mean i'm just being honest about how i would Mm -hmm. react you know to that situation That's that's what you would do what would you do adrian well, I'm in the same boat as you. I don't want children, so uh, it wouldn't be a deal breaker. But I guess let's 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 say it's a different deal breaker. Let's say, uh, what what's a potential deal deal breaker for you, Paul? That someone could give you a hypothetical on a little ultimatum. Oh, she's gonna get gauges. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. All right, yeah. And she said, I would, "I've always wanted gauges ever since I was a kid. My parents wouldn't let me have them because I grew up in a religious household. You know that. You know about the trauma associated with that, Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm really trying to overcome that and become an independent person with my own beliefs who um, can really express myself in the way that I want to. And so I want gauges, and uh, I'm definitely gonna get them. Mm-hmm. What do you say? I'll be like, bye, bitch, bye, <laughs> bye. Uh, One eighty turn <laughs> as fast as I can in the other direction." <laughs> <laughs> okay that's yeah that's cool. uh, no 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 in this hypothetical i'm wearing heelys <laughs> heely away heely away and in this scenario it's 2015 so i say bye felicia <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like this is your apartment <laughs> uh that's pretty funny all right, what's your deal breaker similar to having kids? I mean, was that a real one? Should I, should I give a real one? Oh, no, obviously mine was a joke. I would, I guess I would put up with it if I really liked it. Oh, the I don't person. know. You seem know. like you're like, I, I don't know. I don't know why I thought that made, that made sense to me. <laughs> no, it's kind of true, though. <laughs> um, oh, if they, if they were trying to test me by seeing um, if I loved them enough to love them, even if they voted for a Republican... <laughs> And I'd be like, you know what, honey, we have political differences, but that doesn't mean we can't love each other. Mm-mm. So that's when you, what would you do then if that's what they said to you? You gotta, like, I'm- I'd say, baby, you're my Kellyanne Conway to whoever Kellyanne Conway's husband is. Isn't it like uh, George Conway? <laughs> yeah, I guess no, no, he has true. a different last name, right? Costanza? <laughs> yes, to George Costanza. <laughs> Wait, what's, oh, I think, uh, oh, wait, I guess my deal breaker is anyone who does hypothetical bullshit like this. Yeah, that is weird. You definitely, like, dodged a bullet, but I guess, like, they're probably lying to hurt you, right? That has to be the assumption. Like, she just, like, got with a guy and just changed her mind about it and just decided, wouldn't it be funny if I really hurt his feelings? Hmm. Yeah, because she was probably pretty devastated, right? She was the one who got broken up with. Yeah. Yeah. So it might just be like a last ditch effort to try and like shift the power a little bit, try and win the breakup, as people say. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go through this answer, Paul. This is unutterably bizarre. I'm so sorry you learned something so jarring and painful, especially a mere week before having to shelter in place. It may have simply been a cruel jibe she invented on the spot in order to hurt you. It was gratuitously brutal. Please don't convince yourself that no one in your life wants to hear about your pain. Don't convince yourself without even asking them that they can't handle hearing something that hurts you. As for your other questions, it was beyond a weird thing to do. Of course you find yourself wondering whether or not you really even knew her and had trouble squaring this bizarre, awful, unloving trick with the idea of an otherwise normal person 
slash employee slash wife slash mother. I think you may be chewing on this for a little while. It throws a really significant relationship in your life in a completely new light, and you shouldn't expect to simply shrug it off after a day or two. I'm so sorry that you're going through this. You have every right to be shocked and hurt and angry. Give yourself a lot of time to feel that way, and please do reach out to as many people as you possibly can. You need and deserve a lot of support right now. Holy shit, Prudy took this waste more seriously than we did. <laughs> uh, I guess maybe this is more traumatizing than I realized. I guess it was a whole ass relationship that he had, but like, goddamn, I don't. I don't Prudy's like I'd be a bad talking him off the case. cliff. No, I mean, I feel like I feel like you should be able to get over this relatively quick. That's like a one or two day. Like, damn, that was crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if this, if he explicitly said, like, the issue wasn't, like, a what if of, like, I really wanted to stay with her or whatever, but, like, and now I'm wondering what could have happened if she didn't do this test. It's like, I, I don't know. It seems like he dodged a bullet. Yeah. I don't know. It seemed like he was pretty torn up about it, so she is responding in, like, kind of an affirmative, like, your feelings are real way, but I would say, I don't know, like. Paul's usually more of a, your feelings are fake, right? Y- your feelings are fake, buck up. Act like a man. I'm joking. Step I'm joking. But like, really, like, I would say put it in context. You don't have to, like, you don't have to hone in on this. Get, yeah, find someone to talk to, like, have a big talk about it. But like, you know, keep it reasonable. <laughs> don't hone in on this. That's some big important thing. It, don't make a mountain out of this molehill. Mm-hmm. Is that insensitive to say that? I'm not trying to disqualify his feelings, but... <laughs> Just doesn't well, seem I'm going to disqualify the hell out of those feelings right now with what I'm going to say next. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe I'm an emotionless jerk. I don't know. I don't know. We didn't touch at all about the like quarantine aspect of his question. I think that was another one where we kind of a, a, a ignored that part. Yeah, yeah. Get really into baking sourdough. Yeah. Get really into uh, Dogecoin right now. <laughs> Now's the time. <laughs> Buy Bitcoin. <laughs> Alrighty, Adrian, you want a big fact, no cap, get out? Big fact. The world's going to give you a lot of uh, branching paths. You can only take one. I wouldn't look back and think, what would you do? I'd look forward and think, what could I do? Damn. That's deep shit. Yeah, I didn't definitely just... uh... Alright, and my no cap is, what would you do if someone asked me that? Your mom. Niggas talking shit, push, how do you respond? I'm top five and all of them die line. I am the hope, the dope dealers won. Pricing the quote, the dope dealers want. Feds taking pictures like it's GQ. GQ. This Aviani collarbone is see-through. Angel on my shoulder, what should we do? We do. Devil on the other, what would me do? Papa Willie, tell the judge the Acanelli. Middle fingers out the ghost, screaming Machiavelli. Hail Mary, the scale fairy. Two sides to every coin, so we bail ready. Bail-